Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, and I'm out and hand-checked. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buckley. Welcome on into the show, everybody. It is episode 150, 150 episodes, and we are here for you again on CLNS Radio, Tuesday, June 14, 2016. Summer is right around the corner, and the question biting us all coming into this show, do we have a champion, and do we already know? We don't know. We don't know who's going to win the NBA title. We don't know. Uh, it hasn't been determined yet. Do we have an idea? Yeah, kind of. But we're going into game six, and I think game six is really – I mean, it's pretty obvious. We got two games left in the regular season as of now. We're going to recap game four and game five for you in a moment. But coming into today, you know that – I mean, it, it's, it's coming down to the nitty-gritty. Game six on Thursday – Game 7, if there is a Game 7, on Sunday, Father's Day. And you're talking about the time of the year where all the pregame, the, 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 the changes, the adjustments, the, the series, you know, preparation, that goes out the window. At this point, it comes down to who wants it more, who wants the championship, who wants to be a legend, who wants to go out on top. That's what it comes down to. You got two games to do it, Cleveland, and you need one of the two, Golden State, to get it done. The Golden State Warriors are up 3-2 in the series after these past two games, and if you just look at it from that perspective, you would have thought, oh, Cleveland won at home for game four, tying it up, and then game five must have been epic. Oh, no, we had two epic basketball games the scores don't necessarily indicate it because they were both double digit wins but from the standpoint of the theater that was put on display it was some of the best basketball we've seen in quite some time I mean game one two and three were all torrential blowouts and domination fest from both teams uh, especially in game three for the Cavs game uh, game uh, one and two for Golden State. But in game four, you talk about a dominating, just an incredible game, an incredible basketball game. And look, I've knocked the Golden State Warriors enough times, but watching game four, you saw the Golden State Warriors do what they did 
And it was completely awe-inspiring. I mean, absolutely incredible. We're going to get to that. We also got a ton of rumors to talk about as well. But we're mostly going to talk about the NBA Finals. If you'd like to call in, the phone number in the CLNS Radio Studios is 323-642-1558 is the number. The draft is in about nine days from today. We'll talk more about that uh, on Thursday, obviously, as we prep for Game 6. As that will come up on Thursday, we'll be doing it an hour before the show on Thursday. Uh, Our show, episode 151, will be on right before the show for game six. Who knows? Maybe we have a champion that night. Maybe we uh, we have a game seven ready to go for Sunday, for Father's Day. A lot is up in the air and a lot is to be determined. Kevin Hart, get it go. Hey, Kevin, get in the building. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Game four on, on uh, I believe it was Friday night. Game four on Friday night had a lot of storylines coming in. Kevin Love wasn't available for game three due to the concussion protocol. He was back for game four, but Richard Jefferson was still starting in place for him. So you had the small lineup with Kyrie Irving, Jared Smith, LeBron James, Richard Jefferson, flip-flop the two forwards. And then you had, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, either uh, Tristan Thompson or Channing Fry. I think it was Tristan Thompson starting at the big man position. Uh, but that was the circumstance coming in. And Kevin Love, again, again, he's, I'm not going to lie. He Coming back after his concussion, I, I, I was giving him a benefit of the doubt. He was horrific in game four. Again, 11 points off the bench. Look, 25 minutes, 11 points off the bench, three of six. He didn't need to shoot the ball that well. Five, point, five rebounds. That's horrific. Minus five. The guy had no impact on the game in game four. And then in game four, in game five, we'll talk about that later. But game four, Kevin Love came back, wasn't necessary, wasn't needed per se for what was going to happen. And, and Kevin Love, he came back from his concussion, non-existent, not un, unnecessarily needed. And what this game came down to is the Warriors win 108-97. to The first half of basketball was absolutely incredible. The Cleveland Cavaliers were up going into the half. I believe they were up, uh, if the numbers don't persuade me, 55 to 50. It was a knockdown, drag them out battle in the first half. An absolute unbelievable basketball game in the first half. And both teams were going back at it. It was physical, unbelievably physical basketball from both teams. Both teams dishing it out between one another. And then in the third quarter, you saw the Golden State Warriors slowly start to pick apart at the adjustments they made coming into the second half. You saw Draymond Green do his thing. You saw, uh, from the, not from the standpoint of what we see, we'll talk about that in a second, but you saw Draymond Green start making passes. Steph Curry made the, made the shots necessary to get it done. Uh, you saw Klay Thompson catch a little bit of fire. You saw the Golden State Warriors, their bench, again, the, the, uh, the lineup of death, the, the lineup of that, the, the, the group of death with that small lineup came in and did their job. Were they great? Not necessarily, but from the standpoint of picking apart Cleveland and getting them out of their comfort zone, they did that. I believe Golden State was up 79-77 heading into, heading into the second uh, into the second quarter, or 77. They were down up, whatever. It was a very close game going into the fourth quarter. 
And it looked like Golden State had kind of caught on, but you could still see Cleveland was playing great basketball. They were still playing great. They were still playing fine, playing to a T what they needed to do to win the game. The fourth quarter, and this is where, look, I've been critical of Golden State. I've been critical of a lot of teams when it comes to the fourth quarter. And and Golden State's one of them because guess what? If Golden State usually what they do in the fourth quarter is they kind of go into this hero ball. They rely on Steph to make these crazy shots. Klay Thompson comes off screens to help them win. No one else really does anything to help them win basketball games. Their bench kind of kind of kind of hovers around the other team and helps them kind of just stay relevant. Not in this game. This was a game where you saw the Golden State Warriors absolutely put it to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it wasn't just from a physical perspective. It was, look, we know we're going to get out physical. Look, Golden State was getting absolutely beaten down. They were getting beaten down in this ballgame. They were. And in the fourth quarter, you saw their skill and their adjustments within the game start to take shape. And you saw a guy like Steph Curry start making some shots, 38 points in game four, 38.6 assists. And you saw him start to compete. Early on in the ballgame, he struggled. In the second half, he turned it on and looked like the Steph Curry were all accustomed to seeing. And he looked great. Clay Thompson was also good. He himself had 25 points off 7 of 14 shooting, 4 of 9 from 3. Steph Curry was 7 of 13 from 3, 11 of 25 from the field. He got to the free throw line in this one, 9 of 10 from the free throw line. The Golden State Warriors adjusted to Cleveland and found a way to stay physical. On top of that, the Golden State Warriors' heart in the fourth quarter was absolutely sensational. They stuck to their game plan. They stayed tough. They knew that it was going to be difficult down the stretch knowing Cleveland was getting majority of the calls and they were playing the more physical brand of basketball. But what happened, and this is what we all have seen late in games when Cleveland tried to make comebacks, yet in this one, they were within the game and they were still trying to make comebacks that were really weird and strange, but they resorted to isolation basketball. And that's flat out, look, if you want to go back and watch the fourth quarter of game four, be my guest. Cleveland and Golden State were playing great basketball leading into the fourth. It was great. It was unbelievable, legendary basketball. I can watch it all over again, and I can sit here and tell you it was some of the best basketball I saw through the first three quarters. For some reason, and again, again, it goes back to, and no one's talking about this, but it goes back to David Blatt. Look, and you can make the case, especially after we talk about Game 5 and what happened in Game 5, you can make the case that the Cleveland Cavaliers, honestly, in maybe Game 1, definitely Game 2, and in this game, if they had David Blatt, maybe the Cleveland Cavaliers have won the championship at this point already. I'm just saying, because in Game 4, they had, the, they had the pulse of the game going into the fourth quarter. They had it all. They had the entire pulse. Look, Golden State was making their normal little chippy little run that they normally make, chipping away at the score, doing what was necessary to stay in the game, to keep, keep themselves in it. But they definitely didn't look like the team that was better or the team that was more well-equipped to win the ball game in the, in, the th- in the first three quarters. They didn't look like it. They were just kind of hanging around. The fourth quarter? They turned into this team a lot like, and I hate to say it, they looked a lot like Oklahoma City did in the regular season. 
You saw Kyrie Irving get the ball with 17 seconds left in the shot clock, and I don't think anyone else touched the ball. LeBron James did the exact same thing. You saw a lack of ball movement, a lack of trust. You saw two guys literally trying to carry the team. Whenever Jarrett Smith had the ball with 10 seconds left in the shot clock, no ball movement happened. You saw a bunch of standing around and a bunch of garbage, just, just flat-out garbage basketball. Unbelievable. It was, it was one of those things where you're like, what happened to Cleveland? There's no ball movement. They're getting stagnant. Everyone's standing around waiting for something to happen. No one is anticipating and trusting the system. Golden State trusted the system, and their heart pushed them forward. That's what got it done in game four. And honestly, if you sit back and you rewatch the fourth quarter all over again, it's that simple. Cleveland resorted to isolation basketball, hero ball, where Golden State trusted the system that got them to 73 wins and 87 victories throughout the entire year. And they won their third game in the series, getting their 88th victory overall, passing the Chicago Bulls all-time for victories in an entire season, postseason, and regular season. They got it done. Steph Curry looked like the MVP. Clay Thompson played off his rocker good. Did LeBron James have a good game? Absolutely. 25 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks. He was unbelievable. He had 7 turnovers. He had 4 fouls. I mean, early in the game, Golden State did not look like they were ready to play this game. I mean, they were better than Game four, than game 3, excuse me. But in Game 4, they found the adjustments to try and get it done. Kyrie Irving was great again, 34 points. Four assists, three steals. He was unbelievable. Only one turnover. Kyrie Irving was outstanding. Late in the game, though, he looked like Russell Westbrook. He did. He didn't turn the ball over, but he didn't pass. J.R. Smith was garbage. Three of ten from the field. Amon Shumpert, one of five. Kevin Love, three of six. Not bad, but only 25. Look, 25 minutes and 11 points off a 19 million a year guy. Garbage. Tristan Thompson? Only seven rebounds. You're not showing up. You're playing like dog poo. Flat out. Unexcusable. Not okay. Unacceptable. Flat out. Cleveland resorted to a brand of basketball that's going to lose you games 95% of the time, especially in big-time games like the NBA Finals, where you're playing the best team across from you in their respective conference. That's, that's what's going to happen. And for some unforgot for a second, Tyron Lue, uh, ripped into the officials post game and got fined twenty five thousand dollars. Look, Ty, I know you're trying to say, look, w- 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 no, Tyron Lue. Guess what? Your team did not trust a system in place in the fourth quarter, flat out, and it was obvious to everybody. A five year old saw that your team lost trust in the in the in the system. They did. They lost trust in it. They did, and to the saving grace. Golden State Warriors won 108-97 to in Game 4. They took a 3-1 series lead. But to the saving grace, and look, everyone's going to sit back. We're going to talk about it now. Everyone's going to sit back and criticize LeBron James and Draymond Green, that circumstance. And they're going to criticize LeBron for doing a Bush League thing by stepping over Draymond and, and putting in some gamesmanship. That's what he did. Whether you like it or not, it's gamesmanship by LeBron James stepping over Draymond Green. I mean, the game was pretty much in hand at that point. Yes, the game was not over. There was still a chance for Cleveland. But at the time, the way the game was feeling at that point in time when, when LeBron did what he did to Draymond by stepping over him and Draymond responding 
and, and saying things to LeBron, whacking his testicles again. You know, Draymond Green, look, everyone's like, oh, I got unfairly treated. We got this and that. And we'll talk about that after we talk about this game. But with Draymond Green, what he did, you got to know better, bro. Bro, I, look, I'm, not, I'm starting to get to a point where I don't like the way Draymond Green handles himself. Now, I'm not going to sit back and, and knock a guy for the way he plays in his passion. Draymond Green's unbelievable. Again, one of the most improved players of the last three years, no debate. It, uh, there's no debate. And you got to know better for your team to, to, to not do that. And, and the best part about it was that LeBron, look, LeBron did what he did, but I liked when Draymond got up after whack, flicking him in the, in the hoo-ha region and doing what he did. I liked LeBron James getting in Draymond's grill and saying, hey, guess what? I know, I know this, isn't, this is definitely paraphrasing, and this is not anywhere near what they're saying, but I'll, I'll, just, I'll just paraphrase it to a PG level for, your, for, your, uh, for your, your soft ears out there. Basically what LeBron told Draymond Green, he said, hey, look, bro, if you did this in the streets, your ass is laid out now. You're done. And unfortunately, well, fortunately, there's millions of people watching on TV, but unfortunately – you know, we, 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 everyone's seeing Draymond, uh, LeBron James and doing what he did. Look, that's gamesmanship. He's down 3-1 in the series. His team's playing like garbage. It looked like at that point in time before that happened that the Cavs were going to get their butts kicked in game five and that there was no chance. LeBron knew exactly what he was doing. He, he tried to find a way to rile up Draymond Green, and it worked. And the league came down two days later and suspended Draymond Green based upon his previous actions during the playoffs and what he's done. And if you haven't been watching the playoffs, he's had plenty of flagrant fouls, stuff where he should have been suspended already. He got suspended again as the league upgraded his move to hit LeBron James and say the things he did to LeBron into a flagrant one. Now, can you make the case that LeBron said some things in the postgame presser after game four to say, oh, you know, Draymond hurt my feelings and all that stuff? Yeah, he did. He's playing the role of victim to try and get the league to say, hey, you can't be having guys come out here like this and play dirty. LeBron got his thing into a tech, deservedly so, but Draymond Green got what, got what he deserved. And LeBron pulled the perfect uh, you know, carpet, under the, car, carpet under the feet move and said, guess what? I'm going to do everything I can to try and get my team a victory in this series to push the series further along, and he did that. He gave his team a chance in Game 5, and we'll talk about Game 5 in a second. But now, everyone, now everyone's saying after it had happened over the weekend, when the, when the, when the suspension came down in game, uh, for Game 5 for Draymond on Sunday, the night before, and everyone's sitting there like, oh, my God, like the Golden State Warriors, Aisha Curry. You know, you got people coming out saying, ah, Clay Thompson, LeBron James. LeBron James just had his feelings hurt. You know, he just LeBron James is the no 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 no. Hey, guess what? Hey, 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 hey. Step back, Golden State Warrior fan. Step back. Is my phone working? Is everything on? Can people hear me? Do I sound good? I don't know if I'm sounding good or not. I don't know what's going on. Hopefully, I do. But if you can't hear me, I apologize in advance. The the thing about LeBron James and what was going on there. You know, people were criticizing LeBron James because, you know, what he did in his actions and that nature and for what was going on. And to be 100% honest, I don't know if anyone can hear me. Um, 
I don't hear anything behind me. Hold on one moment. If if you can't hear me, I apologize. If you can, oh, then good. Um, basically, the point is, is LeBron. Everyone's everyone's ripping LeBron, right? Right. Everyone's ripping LeBron. Hold on. I'm gonna cut off the air real quick, and I'm gonna come right back on. Apologies for that. Let's uh, let's take a quick break real quick. Um, this is really really interesting. My phone is freaking out. I don't know what's going on. But I'm gonna be right back in just a moment. Uh, let me get to a uh, let me get to a song, and uh, we'll be right back here in just a second. This is I can't hear anything behind my my phone, so if, if I'm sounding like I'm cutting out, I'll be back in just a here. Let me give you uh, a song, and I'll be right back. Yo, man, it's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating, but scared to kick reality. Man, you've been doing all this dope producing, you ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? I'm expressing with my full capability And now I'm living in correctional facilities Cause some don't agree with how I do this I get straight and meditate like a Buddhist I'm dropping flavor, my behavior is hereditary But my technique is very necessary Blame it on IQ Because he said it gets funky When you got a subject and a predicate Add it on a dope beat And it'll make you think Some something just tickle me pink to my stomach Cause they don't flow like Hello, can y'all hear me? Okay, I apologize for that. For some reason, my phone cut out on me. I, I mean, I, I probably sounded clear on the show, but for some reason, it cut out on me and my voice. Uh, I don't know what happened there, but we're back to reality. Anyway, the point is, is like you said, express yourself. Look, LeBron did all he could to try and get his teammates involved, right? And the next thing you know, everyone is sitting back saying, oh, LeBron! Clay Thompson, like, oh, he's a big crybaby, and Draymond Green, like, I didn't know what happened, and and Aisha Curry saying, oh, he could have walked around him. Look, if you don't want to play the game within the game, Golden State, then don't play the game at all. This is the NBA. This isn't street basketball. You got to do whatever you can politically to get your team as much of a chance as possible. Why do you think LeBron James plays in the Eastern Conference? Because it's an easier conference to play in than the Western Conference. Why do you think LeBron James does everything he can to get where he can? He's a businessman. He's a smart human being. He knows what it takes to be successful. And for people to sit back and criticize, especially the Golden State Warriors, and say, ah, he's a big crybaby. Okay, how many championship rings do you have, Clay Thompson? How many championship rings do you have, Aisha Curry, Steph Curry, Draymond Green? Y'all got one. You might get two. And it's looking like you're favored to get to. But let me, let me tell you this. Seven championship appearances. Multiple Olympic gold medals. Four, fine, four MVPs. This man is the most, one of the most, if not you know, outside of Michael Jordan, the most decorated NBA player of all time. I mean, outside of Kareem and Michael Jordan, maybe even Tim Duncan. This guy has, is the most, one of the most decorated players of all time. And you're going to sit here and tell him he's a crybaby? Look, if anybody, can you imagine if someone said this about Michael Jordan, about him being a crybaby and this and that? And, that? and LeBron had to deflect all this criticism and all this statement about, about, Mike, about you know, Clay and everyone, and he had, to, he had to take the high road. Look, and what's funny is, is the media tries to rile up LeBron James and think that he's gonna get a, they're going to get a perfect answer out of him and get a, a headline statement saying, oh, LeBron, he, he, he's upset, he's this, he's that. He's this. this narrative about LeBron being a complete, you know, you know b-hole or, you know, whatever word you want to say is, is a complete farce. It's a joke. And for that, you know, look, Draymond, and, and, and if Golden State knew it was best for them, they would all come out and say, yeah, you know, we, we should probably know 
to let Draymond know, hey, man, you got to calm it down. You got to do this. You got to do that. But it's really hard to do so when you know as a team that Draymond Green is the one who helps you get ready for ball games, who gets you up for the bad times, who gets you up when your team is, is having a rough stretch during a game. It's hard to tell him to calm it down because there were multiple times where Draymond's the one screaming in your huddle, we got to pick it up. But they take the road of saying, oh, guess what? We're going to blame LeBron because our guy got suspended because of LeBron. No, 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 no. If you had looked at anything in the media knowing that Draymond had his fouls in previous games and the reputation he's been putting on himself over the last week and a half, two weeks, month, month and a half, it's turned into this guy who's all of a sudden, you know, whacking people's hoo-ha region, making, you know, doing things to other guys that should not be done on a basketball court. And, it's, and, 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 and he's been getting a ton – and for many of people watching the NBA, many of fans, many of people who observe the NBA for a regular basis, they're all recognizing this guy is a little out of sorts. Kind of like Dennis Rodman. He's a little out there when it comes to his emotion on the court. He takes it a little too far. Not that it's a bad thing because that's how he gets going, but it gets to a point where it's like, bro, like when are you going to chill? And finally, he got what was coming to him. He did not adjust to his own circumstances, and the league gave him so much leeway. And LeBron found a way, to his credit, get under Draymond's skin, and Draymond baited it, took it. Now he's suspended for game five. You go into Monday, everyone's complaining. There's another guy who is on the Golden State Warriors who does the same thing, Anderson Vareja. Look, how this guy has not been suspended or has not been fired, or is not, how this guy has not, not suspended, how this guy has not been fined for flopping all over the court. Did you see the Anderson Vareja last night in game five? Did you see what he did? He got whacked upside the head. Now, don't get me wrong. He got hit pretty good. But, I mean, look, dude. You, look, when he, look, all you know what I'm talking about when you hear this. When he fell down, when uh, Matthew Delavadova boxed out, and Anderson Varejao anticipated falling down, and the moment he got touched and lost his balance and freaked out because he fell down because Matthew Delavadova was boxing out and being the more fundamental basketball player. What happened? Oh, Anderson Varejao fell. It's a foul on Matthew Delavadova for boxing out. First of all, fundamental. Boxing out, playing the role of the player that's supposed to do what he's supposed to do, and Anderson Varejao, he gets the call. Are you freaking out of your mind, NBA? This dude right here, Anderson Varejao, needs to be on the shortest leash possible. When it comes to this flopping rule, it's a flat-out joke. Do you know how many times Anderson Varejao would have gotten his face beaten in if he played on the streets? Do you recognize that? If Anderson Varejao went to go play out on the streets where, you know, they do call ticky-tack fouls and they call real fouls out on the street at times, he would get his face bashed in for all the times he would flop. Now, don't get me wrong. He's not going to flop uh, on the concrete because guess what? You can't flop on concrete. The moment you flop on the concrete, you're going to give yourself so many road burns. It's not going to be crazy. But the thing is, is Anderson Farajah, this guy needs to be fined, a lot like Tyron Lue did uh, after game four when he criticized the officials. Let's break down game five, shall we? Draymond Green suspended. We all know what's happening. Andre Iguodala started in place of him. In the middle of the game, uh, 
Andrew Bogut got hurt real bad off Jarrett Smith coming down, trying to grab a rebound. Not dirty at all, not intentional at all. What happened? Look, and I'm just going to sit here and stand on my high horse. We do have someone on the line. We'll get to you in a moment. I'm pretty sure it's Chris in L.A. I'm pretty sure it is. But, look, when Draymond Green's not on the floor, let me just spell it out for you before I get to you, Chris, because I know you're you're waiting for me. Let me just spell it out for you. I've been saying this since Thanksgiving of 2015. Since this team was started the season undefeated, I said, look, Curry looks better. Clay Thompson looks good. But this Draymond Green guy, oh, my God, he's the MVP of the team. Then all of a sudden, because it was football season back then, you know, everyone was watching the Cowboys and Lions on, on Thanksgiving Day. You know, that was a long time ago. Think about it. That was, that was a while ago. Look, we were doing shows back then. Think about that. That was like episode, like, 20. It's episode 150 now. We don't mess around here on the Hoopers Lock. But back to the point. Look, back then I was saying Draymond Green's probably going to be the MVP of the league if he keeps playing this way. And through the quarter poll of the season, I thought he was MVP of the league. I didn't think it was any debate. Because the way he was playing, the way that team was playing, he was the heart and soul of that team going up to the first quarter pole of the season. And I thought, look, man, if, he, if they keep playing this way, Draymond's going to be the MVP. Then all of a sudden, when the football season starts to dwindle, things start to go down, things start to slow up, you know, the narrative of the media starts to, starts to sway towards basketball. When the, when the football world starts to disappear, the basketball limelight starts to get a little brighter. Oh, Steph Curry, he's got like 153s, and he's already already on pace to get like 400s or a 453s. Oh, he's a little guy. Oh, he's gonna he's getting better. Oh, oh, Steph Curry. Oh my God. Oh my God, he's the greatest player of all time. Oh my God, Steph Curry. Hold on, hold 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 the phone. Slow down the tape. Draymond Green is the heart and soul of this basketball squad. And if you're a level-headed NBA basketball aficionado and you know what's up, and you know what's up, you know Draymond Green is the MVP of this team, and it's not even a debate. It's not even close. Last night was a carbon blueprint copy of why Draymond Green is the MVP of the Golden State Warriors. Not even a debate. Did you see LeBron James's, LeBron James's mentality to the rack last night? Did you see the mentality of the, of the Cleveland Cavaliers last night? Did you see how the offense sputtered at times when the second unit came in for Golden State? Did you see the defensive communication breakdown for Golden State? Did you see the missed screens? Did you see the missed help on defense? Did you see Kyrie Irving go off and set up his game inside out? Now, would I sit here and say Kyrie Irving's 41 points wouldn't be 31 points without Draymond? That's debatable. I think Kyrie still would have gone off last night and did what he did. But LeBron James's mentality would have been different. The, the others, the role players on the road stepped up because they knew the big body of Draymond Green wasn't going to make the plays down low to, to screw up the, the Golden State War, or excuse me, screw up their offensive flow. If you recognize when Draymond Green's on the floor and when Draymond Green is playing defense, look, look Kawhi Leonard, everyone overrates Kawhi Leonard. I'm a Spurs fan. He's overrated. But defensively, his defensive intelligence is incredible. It's the same exact thing for Draymond Green. His defensive awareness is absolutely impenetrable, and it's incredible. Do you know how many times the Golden State Warriors run out on the fast break after a turnover or a defensive play or a defensive rebound or a defensive stand of some kind? 
and Draymond Green's a big part of that, and they get it done down the floor, I can guarantee you they grab at least 10 points a game based on defensive intensity and defensive switching, communication, extra hustle, extra grit to the basket. And whenever they're not up to, up to par, Draymond Green's there to remind them and get them motivated to say, we got to play hard. We got to play tough. We got to do this. We got to do that. X, Y, Z. Feel me. Feel me on the defensive side of the ball. There was no feel last night. The first quarter, look, everyone's saying coming out of the gate in the first quarter, oh, they don't really need Draymond. They're still going to win the game. Do-do-do-do. Generic NBA fan, generic basketball fan sitting there saying, oh, you know, the Golden State Warriors, they're still going to win the title. And I was telling everybody, the middle portion of the basketball game from quarters two through three, you're going to see that the Golden State Warriors are going to unravel. And it's not because they're not a good team. It's just because, look, Draymond does a lot more than just play the game of basketball and get nine assists and and 10 points and 11 rebounds. He does more than that. He's an intensive dynamo, a guy who has, who has eyes in the back of his head defensively. He knows where guys are on top of that. He makes great passing lanes for his guys in Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. He finds ways to make that extra backdoor play on the offensive side of the ball. He is just overall the heart and soul, the engine, the motor, you name it. He is the Golden State Warriors. He is what makes them great. Not Steph Curry, not Klay Thompson, nobody. It's Draymond Green, and it was on display last night. Do you think LeBron James is going to go off for 41-16-7 if Draymond Green's in the starting lineup? I'm sorry, no, he's not. Now, can LeBron do that with Draymond Green in the lineup? Sure. But will he have the confidence to set his game up inside out like he did last night? Nope. Will Kyrie Irving have the confidence to set up his game inside out like last night? Nope. And no one's talking about this. Look, as bad as Kevin Love was last night, he only had two points out of what? What, 30-plus minutes played? He was garbage. But he found a way to get involved in the offense and find ways to move the ball around. J.R. Smith, a guy who normally settles on the outside for shots, he found ways to penetrate to the rim and find ways to get other guys involved. Hmm, how many times did you see J.R. Smith drive the rack and dish it to a guy inside because there was no extra help defender because Draymond Green wasn't the usual suspect down low waiting for the extra play? Hmm, how many times did you see guys like, like Richard Jefferson or even other guys coming into the game who were making plays that unusually they don't? There are times where Draymond Green takes away the confidence. He sucks out your intensity on the offensive side of the basketball court to make you look like you're, be- you're, you're worse than you really are. Draymond Green, he does these little niche things that you just don't get from guys like Clay and Steph on the defensive side of the ball. Clay's an unbelievable defender. In fact, he's probably a top 10 defender in the league and probably one of the best uh, shooting guard defenders we've, we have in this game right now. And he's really good. He's a great player. In fact, my opinion, the best shooting guard in the league. But Draymond, when it comes to the overall sense of what the team needs, what needs to be happened, what needs to be communicated, what needs to be done at any given time, he has this extra sense on the basketball court what needs to happen. Just that extra move, that extra ump changes entire complexities of games and that was non-existent when this guy and look everyone's going to sit back and say oh Steph Curry Steph Curry Steph Curry Steph Curry like I just said but when Draymond Green doesn't show up and literally last night he wasn't even in the building but when he doesn't show up in games 
This team is average. They're not bad. They're not, they're, not, they're not bad. They're not average. They're above average. They're a good team. They're still win 55 games, 60 games. But they're not this team. They're not the 73-win challenge the Bulls from 96. They're not this team without Draymond Green. Draymond Green adds the extra oomph to this game. You're going to sit back and tell me that Kyrie Irving and LeBron James are going to combine for 82 points, the first time that's ever been done in NBA Finals history. And the confidence of this Cleveland Cavalier team is going to be there going to the paint and doing what they did last night if Draymond Green's there. Are you high? Are you high? If you're a generic basketball fan and you're listening to this and you hear me out, go watch Draymond Green when he's in the game. And don't tell me that there are so many times throughout a game where he impacts it more than just the stat stuffers like, like Steph and Clay. He does so much more for that team than just – and just get, you know, near triple-doubles, small triple-doubles. This guy was MVP of this team. And in my opinion, if I was a voting media member of the MVP, I would have given it to Draymond Green. And last night was an exact blueprint, an exact replica of why he's the MVP of this team and why, in my opinion, he should have won MVP of the league, period. This is why. This is why. Draymond Green represents what basketball should be about. The extra hustle, the extra effort. You make the plays to get your teammates involved, and you make everything get better. Isn't that what basketball is about? Basketball is not about stepping 30 feet back and shooting a jumper in someone's face, staring them down, as you make 10 poor quality shots a game. Maybe that's overstating, but he makes at least five, Steph. And Clay did a couple last night as well where he shot from freaking the moon. You know, I'm not trying to – look, you can say all you want, but – Draymond Green is the MVP of this team, and it's not even it's, – it's so obvious, and people keep driving into this narrative. I'm, I'm going to stop talking. Cleveland Cavaliers won 112-97. to The series is now 3-2 Golden State. Game six is on Thursday. We got a bunch of guys on the hotline bling. I know Chris is here. Hey, Chris, what's up, man? How's it going? Uh, what did you see from the weekend on Friday, and what did you see from last night in game five? Um, it was first of all, thanks for having me on. Um yeah. I just it was a great game. It was definitely a great game. Um yeah. LeBron and Kyrie went off. But I like your point about Draymond. He in my opinion he is the M V P. He's a glue guy. He's a uh he's an updated version of like uh, uh Robert Ory and uh, he just he's like a updated version of Lamar Odom. He like holds the team together. They do not break the record. They don't make it this far in the playoffs without him because he literally does everything you need him to do on the floor. He's a defensive anchor. You watched the game last night. I saw at least six plays where it was just miscommunication and the Cavs got an easy layup. You know, and that never happens with Draymond. You can literally hear him out there screaming at his teammates on what to do. You know, just communicating yes. on defense, being that, uh, that microphone, and not having him hurt them a lot. I think Kyrie probably would have had about 35 last night. He had a great game. Yeah, he was on. Yeah. But I don't see LeBron dropping 41 when <clears throat> Draymond has switched on him too. Because Draymond, honestly, was pretty much deep for the player of the year. This season and last season. You know, you could have put him there and there yeah. wouldn't have been too many issues with it. So I think that that did help the Cavs get the win. Um but I, I I still don't see them win this series because when he comes back, I think he's going to come back with a sort of true vengeance, you know. And I, I really think that they'll win it in Cleveland again. 
Um, but I, I, I really, I, I totally agree with you. He's that glue guy. You need guys like him that are willing to do whatever it takes. He doesn't care if he scores two points and has 12 rebounds and 11 assists. That's his game. You know, for him, it's just about winning at all costs. And, and you know what I noticed last night is Curry brought up the ball. Like, he was bringing the ball up the floor way more than we see him. And that was, that's another way you miss Draymond. A lot of times he does play that point forward role. Like, he can get yes. a rebound and he doesn't even have to outlet. He's already 6'9". He can just take it up the floor. And even on the inbound, sometimes he's that guy. Curry will give him the ball so he can play off the ball a little bit more. You know, and um, that also helps Curry get going. I think it, it exhausts Curry more when he has to be the primary ball handler the entire game. You know, Livingston can do it as well, but have without having Draymond, that takes about maybe 30% of the uh, ball handling duties and spreads it over the rest of the team, and that's just more than Curry is used to. So, in turn, that occurs and it affects his stamina. He looked a little tired to me. Um, Clay had a great game. Um, he had a phenomenal game. I really think with Draymond, they wouldn't. I don't think the Cavs would have stood a chance because they could score. Cleveland defense was actually terrible yesterday. Like the yeah. Warriors, pretty much got all the shots they wanted. If you look at the fourth quarter, they yeah. were getting wide open shots. Curry was wide open. Clay was wide yeah. open. They were just missing, and then they couldn't really stop uh, the Cavs on defense. So. I think with Draymond back, even in Cleveland, I don't, it's still not going to seven games. It's, it's just not. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things where watching this watching this game last night, and you even said it, look, and this is the – and, and to a degree, like I said it, in the middle quarters of the game, this is where Draymond Green is going to be the impact of the game because when that second unit comes on, when that second unit makes its impact, Draymond is a part of that, and he wasn't there – and seeing guys like McAdoo on the floor, Brandon Rush coming out, you saw a team that was just looked a little bit lost. And that's not because they're used to Draymond being out there. That's just how good Draymond is. Draymond is a guy who doesn't just play the starting unit well. He plays that second unit and that third unit very, very tough when, that, when they're making their rotations. And that's what makes this team pretty much one of the greatest teams we've ever seen is because of that second unit and that depth that they put together. And the thing about it was, was honestly, and, and I know you say that Cleveland's defense wasn't very good, because it wasn't. It definitely wasn't, especially in the first quarter, or in the first half, excuse me. Um, they gave up 30-plus points in the first quarter, and then they gave up 61 They gave up sixty-one in the first half. And when you gave up 61 in the first half, 26 of those were Klay Thompson. If it wasn't for Klay Thompson, I think, the Golden, I think the Golden State Warriors, I mean, excuse me, the Cleveland Cavaliers would have had a much tougher time doing what they know, you know, much tougher time doing what they normally do because Clay Thompson was absolutely incredible. I'm going to put you on hold real quick, Chris. Um, but uh, we got, we got uh, I think, my guy, uh, Jonathan Wagner on. Hey, Jonathan, what's up, man? Nah, Jonathan. No way! It's Andrew! Andrew North is in the building! What's up, Andrew? What's going on, fellas? I was just listening. Uh, I was enjoying the show, and I just wanted to call in one say, um, you know, you've, you've been doing a great job over the last couple of weeks, even though I'm not, you know, a, a part of, of the Hoopers log per sure. se anymore. Um, you know, sure. you, you've been, you've been doing a great job. I actually, uh, actually logged onto the blog talk and saw that you're still growing. You're still doing great, man. So kudos on that. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah. but one, one, I just, I just want to call in real quick. 
say something, then I'm going to hang up and listen. You guys are okay. completely right in, in, in some phases, and then I disagree uh, in, in some others. One, Draymond Green. Chris, we said it all year, man. Draymond yep, Green. Exactly. We said it. All, we said it from when they were on that winning streak in the start of the year, and and I, I think that's proven now more than ever. I think you go into that game last night without Steph Curry instead of Draymond, Warriors got a better oh, yeah. chance to win than, than they did without Draymond and with Steph Curry, which is crazy to say because Steph Curry just had one of the best offensive seasons yes. ever, point blank. Absolutely. Um, but uh, the, the thing I think you guys are missing with Cleveland's defense is the guys who they wanted to take the shot took the shot. When you have Steph Curry and Clay right. Thompson on a team, there's going to be plays where guys are open. Uh, Cleveland's mindset was, let's make it Harrison Barnes, not in the corner. Harrison Barnes took 16 shots yesterday. Steph Curry only yeah. took five more shots than Harrison Barnes. Um, so I think that was yeah. I think that was a big focal point. Do I think they played great defense? No. Do I think the Warriors got really cold? Uh, yeah. And Harrison Barnes is not going to shoot two for 16. You know, but no, no. Uh, I think I think that they they did have the plan to have Harrison Barnes take some shots, um, and then. Anytime LeBron's chased down blocking and stealing and doing all that, the, de- the defensive end is just easier because you have your bailout guy. Draymond Green's the bailout guy on Golden State where you drive the rim, you blow by your guy, he's there waiting for you, and he's going to defend it without following unless he, you know, wants to go for your nether region. Um, right. But, you know, I, I personally – and. I'm not I, – I shouldn't be answering this question, but I, I'm going to because everybody knows how much of a LeBron fan I am. But I think it's going back to Golden State. I think we're losing game seven, but I do think it's going to go back to Golden State. I think you're going to see another 30-point game from LeBron, another 30-point game from Kyrie. Um, he's definitely not going to shoot 70%, but I just want to say that once again. No. Congratulations, Chris, on keeping the show growing and, and still having a great yeah. show and everything. And I'm going to hang up and listen, all right? All right, cool, man. Hey, really good to hear from you, Andrew. It's been a while. Hey, man. Good. All right, yeah, Andrew Norris. Uh, that's 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 the guy. That's the guy right there, man. He he's been a big, big, uh, big help to the show uh, over this entire year. I mean, he's he's my man. I mean, he is my man. He really helped me a lot in growing the show. Uh, so a lot, a lot of thanks uh, to him as he uh, really helped this show grow to the level it did. And, uh, you know, we're going to be moving on over to NBA league starting in July. And, uh, knowing that that's the case, um, a lot of things have to go to Andrew Norris. He, he really helped grow this show when I had some down times during the year. And uh, a lot of this, this season, the 150 episodes we have is because of Andrew Norris. And that's really, um, what I got to say about that. I'm, I'm really truly grateful and honestly blessed to have him, someone like him come onto the show and help me out. Like he hasn't, and I agree with him. Look, Cleveland's defense wasn't necessarily spectacular last night, and I agree with him. I think Cleve- I think Golden State got a little bit cold. Chris fell off the line, by the way, so sorry about that for those of you who wanted to listen to him. But if you heard, you heard all that yelling in the background. I don't know what that was. It's probably something going on with Chris. But anyway, um, I agree with him. I think I think Golden State got a little bit cold. I think last night Golden State just look. I think. Look, we, we talk about defense and how it turns into good offense. I mentioned it earlier. Draymond Green, him turning the defense into offense for this team 
that's what really has made this team the legendary team that they are. It's Draymond Green finding ways to turn defense into offense, and I think without him, this team is lost, not defensively. I think they still are okay defensively. Are they as good normally? No. But are they, are they, are they a team that goes and makes the defensive turns into offensive scoring quick runs? No, they aren't. They, they lose that. When Draymond's out of the team or away from the court or gone, you lose that capability to turn defense into a quick burst of offense. You lose that. It's gone. It disappears. And I think when the defense isn't there or the intensity of the defense isn't there, you start to lose a little bit on the offensive side of the court. Kind of like what Chris said. Steph Curry had to carry the ball up. Klay Thompson went real cold in the second half. I think he only had six points. Uh, no, he had, he had about 11 points in the second half. He cooled off significantly. Not that 11 points in the second half is bad, but considering, you know, 26 in the first, court, first half to then 11 in the second half, that's a big swing in difference compared to what, you know, Kyrie and LeBron did, which was stay consistent throughout the whole game. So for that being said, you lose a lot with Draymond. And like, like Andrew and I have been saying all year long, this guy was the clear-cut MVP of this team. And it's like, they, I mean, look, and I agree with Andrew. Look, as much as I bash on Curry, I'll sit back and tell you, I hate Curry, but I'll tell you this too. I hated Dirk Nowitzki when I was younger too. And I've grown to absolutely respect Dirk Nowitzki to the wholehearted – I think Dirk Nowitzki, outside of maybe Charles Barkley, is the greatest scoring big man of all time. Outside of Shaq, Charles, you know, the, the, the physical finesse, Dirk Nowitzki is the greatest finesse big man of all time. All time. There's no debate. Like, finesse big men, seven-foot big men of all-time finesse, Dirk Nowitzki, no debate. And, and I won't even debate Dirk Nowitzki, in my opinion, is a top 10 power forward, if not top five power forward all time. So I learned to respect Dirk because of the longevity of what he did. Steph, and, I, and as you've all known, I, I've talked about him enough, but I won't disagree. And, and Andrew's right. Offensively, Steph Curry was unbelievable this year. I mean, look, 400 threes, come on. That's like, that's like if you want to equate it to baseball, that's like hitting over 100 home runs. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, that is re- absolutely insane. You know, if you, want to equate it to, if you want to equate it to soccer, that's like scoring, like, like, in one game, that's like scoring nine goals for one guy. Like, that's stupid. That doesn't happen. You know, and if you want to equate it to another sport in football, that's like throwing, you know, the, 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 the touchdown record for throws is like, what, 55, 56? That's like throwing 80 touchdowns. Like, that's stupid. Like, it is absolutely ridiculous. That's exactly, what, that's exactly what Seth Curry did this year. And offensively, efficiency-wise, we probably will never see this kind of offensive efficiency ever again, honestly, from an efficiency standpoint, from an overall scoring, from an overall this, from an overall that, maybe not, but from an efficiency to – if you want to combine the term efficiency with the amount that he put together, yes, unbelievable, greatest I think one of the greatest, if not possibly the greatest offensive year efficiency-wise ever. And I don't even think it's a debate efficiency-wise, but all-time, probably one of the greatest years all-time uh, offensively, and, and I won't debate that. But from the overall game and the impact of the team perspective, I can't, you can't sit back and deny, especially after watching last night, Draymond Green being suspended. You've you got to give this guy all the credit in the world for what he did in Cleveland. You got to give all them all the credit in the world too. They, they adjusted, they, they got confident and they did everything they needed to do last night. Again, LeBron, listen to this stat line. Let me just say it again. 41 points, 16 rebounds and seven assists. 
Good golly, Miss Molly. And let me tell you this. I was watching that game last night, and I know you were too because you're listening to the show this deep. By the way, CLNS Radio, the Hoopers Log, episode 150 on a Tuesday, going up on a Tuesday, June 14, 2016. Kyrie Irving last night, look. When he made that one play late in the game where he kind of lost the dribble a little bit as he was heading towards the paint, Andre Iguodala was on him, and then he kind of stepped back and hit that, that jumper. I was like, okay, get him, boy. Get him, boy. And then the next time he came down the court and hit that step back three, I think it was off Anderson Varejao, I was like, I went crazy. Like, that's the first time in a while, outside of Kevin Durant, what he did on Mother's Day, I went. I, I sat in my seat and I and I went bonkers. Like I was sitting there, I was acting like you know, acting like I had some kind of disease. Man, Uncle Drew was in. I mean, you, t- Uncle Drew was in the building last night. I mean, I'm telling you, you put the makeup on his face, you put the gray beard, you put the gray cornrows, and whatever you need to do. Uncle Drew flat out showed up last night, and like LeBron said, obviously LeBron had one of the more historical performances we'll ever see in 41-16-7, but Kyrie Irving and the highlight package he put together last night was one of the most, the the sickest and one type street ball stuff you're ever going to see in an NBA Finals game ever. I mean, we talk about Allen Iverson, what he did in game one. This might have been more impressive, and 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 I'm one to talk about Allen Iverson. Look, Allen Iverson was my favorite player growing up. But, and what he did in game one is legendary. But Kyrie Irving, look, at, look just, just step back. Think about this. 41 points on, get this, 70% shooting. That is flat-out stupid. Like, we talk about Steph Curry's season. Kyrie Irving last night was stupid. 70%? A 41 points? Look, you would expect maybe maybe 45%, 50. That's pretty good for 41. 70? Nuh-uh. And especially on the road, shutting it down in Golden State, where it's one of the toughest places to play in the NBA. Absolutely redonkulous. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Kyrie Irving was incredible this season. And, and, and this game, excuse me, and he deserves all the praise there. And again, Kevin Love, man, look. And it's been said on national radio, and if Jay Moore, if you're listening, I know you're probably not because you're a national radio pundit and you're a comedian, and I know you're awesome and all that, but, man, you've been saying it all the time. Kevin Love has been garbage, man. Kevin Love has been absolutely horrific. Two points last night, unacceptable. Garbage. Flat out garbage. Cleveland gets the victory last night, 112-97. Golden State, like I said, still leads the series 3-2. Game six, Thursday afternoon. We will preview game six for you on Thursday afternoon. Same time, same place, 8 p.m. Here on the Hooper's Log, episode 151. Let's give you all these rumor rundowns before we get out of here. We've got about five minutes left in the show, and then we'll get out of here on that note. Rumors to go ahead. DeMarcus Cousins, he is on the Olympic team. Russell Westbrook and James Harden are out. They said it was a very, very tough decision, but considering where the Olympics is at and considering the background behind it and where they're at in their career, it makes sense. They should be there, but considering the circumstance, it makes sense. That Olympic team man, DeMarcus Cousins, I really want him to make his name known uh, across the globe after this after this uh, time in your in uh, in Rio because it's going to be an unbelievable Olympics for DeMarcus Cousins. I really hope he gets his name out there and people really see how much of a monster this human being really is. I know he's kind of a douchebag off the court, but come on. DeMarcus is a monster on the court, and I ain't got no shade to throw his way other than the fact that maybe he needs to figure it out, uh, you know, maturity-wise. But when it comes from the standpoint of what he does on the court 
ain't no thing to say because that man is a bad boy. Harrison Barnes is, is going to probably try and uh, join, stay with the Golden State Warriors in the offseason uh, as a restricted free agent. We'll see. Only time will tell. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, his torn labrum, he says he's ready to go. For 2016-2017, he is ready to go. I hope he does because, man, he's one of the better players in the league when healthy. Rockets are looking to talk to Kevin Durant in the offseason. Will they get him? Heck no. This just sounds like with the way all these teams are starting to line up for Kevin Durant, it's starting to sound like the LeBron James show from summer of 2014, two years ago, when everyone tried to get an interview with him. It sounds like the same thing with Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant ultimately – is going to stay in, in, in Oklahoma City, but we'll talk about that more as time moves forward. Magic Johnson steps down as Lakers honorary vice president. Finally, considering his Twitter account is on crack, he says some of the craziest, most Captain Obvious things. You talk about a new sponsor for Captain Obvious, put Magic Johnson in the running for that because I'm telling you, his Twitter account makes Captain Obvious look really, really smart. Uh, the Pistons GM Jeff Bauer is staying in Detroit. He signed a multi-year deal to stay with the Detroit Pistons. I'm telling you, this Pistons team, man, if they keep this going, if they keep this run together and they keep it working, the Detroit Pistons are going to be one of the best teams in the NBA within the next three years at a minimum. They're going to be un. Believable at a maximum three years. They might be good next year. They might be good the year after that. They're a scary, scary young squad going forward. The 76ers talk about Jaleel Okafor. They'd rather trade him over Nerlens Noel. That was last year's draft. Jaleel Okafor was a top three pick. It was only a year ago. The 76ers are a joke, a flat-out joke. We know that. But thinking of tra- trading of Jaleel Okafor, look, they just need to just blow up that organization and restart. It's a flat-out joke in Philly. The Celtics are looking to trade the third pick. I don't know why aggressively someone didn't take that someone didn't take that free trip to Cancun and know that Buddy Heald is waiting in the wings in Boston in Boston land unless they're going to get a guy like Jimmy Butler or something crazy like that then I don't understand this idea of trading the third pick because they got everything locked and loaded in Boston other than a superstar player to get them over the top outside of that they're they're solid in Boston just don't screw it up Boston that's all I got to say the Timberwolves are also thinking of trying to trade the fifth pick They might try and get Jimmy Butler. Joakim Noah's been rumored to go there. Tom Thibodeau is putting in work. And I think the Bulls figured out that getting rid of Tom Thibodeau was the worst thing to possibly do. That might have been the worst idea because now all the Bulls players want to go play in Minnesota. You talk about an organization in the Minnesota Timberwolves that are just locked and loaded for the future. Whoo! going to be scary. It's going to be scary for the Minnesota Timberwolves here over the next couple of years when they get better, older, and more mature. It's going to be a terrifying team. Come, David West declined his player option for the San Antonio Spurs. He didn't take a lot of money. Uh, he tried to get it done this year. Uh, unfortunately, though, the Golden State Warriors were just unbelievable. So you can't blame David West. You can't blame David West on that one. You've got to give him the credit and the benefit of the doubt, knowing the circumstance he had going forward. Uh, and the Bucks finalized a three-year deal, a three years, $18 million extension for Jason Kidd. He's clearly one of the better coaches in the NBA. Uh, unfortunately, this was a down year for them, uh, but they are going to be fine moving forward as well uh, in Milwaukee as things get better for them. Uh, DeMar DeRozan offs out of his contract to become an uh, unrestricted free agent. That was obvious. We all knew that was going to be the case. And stepping. And Stephen Curry, your shoes suck, bro. Look, I hate Steph, but I honestly feel bad for him on this one. Look, if you don't feel bad for Steph Curry on these on these grandpa shoes, look, you talk about Uncle Drew. Look, I'm, they need to make like an old man Steph Curry type of commercial for those shoes because those shoes absolutely suck. They're the most, they're the worst. Br- look, white Under Armour shoes, absolute garbage. Episode one fifty. 
in the books. Episode 150 in the books. Episode 151 will be on Thursday, June 16, 2016, as we preview Game 6 of the NBA Finals, and we'll talk more about the draft coming up in a little over a week now. Nine days from today, seven days from Thursday. It's all coming together, people. Episode 150 in the books. Episode 151 on Thursday. Same time, same place. You know where I'm at. You know where I'm at. Let's get it going. NBA Finals Game 6 Thursday. Let's get it going. Episode 150 gone. See you, everybody.